Welcome to the Clifford Chance Careers Podcast and the Celebrating Culture podcast series led by REACH, our network for advancing race equality and celebrating heritage. In this series, we are celebrating and highlighting the cultures that make us who we are and that shape the diversity of experiences and voices at Clifford Chance. In this episode, we shall be focusing on the Islamic celebration of Ramadan. I'm Jasmine Sahota, and I'm a trainee solicitor here in the Clifford Chance London office and a member of the UK REACH Steering Committee. I'm delighted to be speaking today to Adil Azil, an associate in our London office, Aisha Noor Himley, an associate in our Singapore office, and Amari Nizari, a business development assistant also from our Singapore office. A very warm welcome to you all, and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Ramadan. First, if each of you could just briefly introduce yourselves to our listeners. Um, so starting with Adila first. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Adila, and I'm from the London office. I am with the Sabre team. I've been with the firm for three years, and I've been in the UK for 10 years. So I've been doing Ramadan in the UK for the last 10 years. Great. Thank you so much. And Aisha? Hi, everyone. I'm Aisha. I'm in the general banking team in Singapore. I joined fairly recently in 2019, so I've been at CC for about two years now. I was born in England but raised in Singapore and am totally Singaporean. Um, And I would say, uh, you know, my religion is very central to my daily practices and it's very much a way of life for me. Great, thank you. And Amani. Alright, hi everyone, I'm Amani, based in Singapore and I joined CC in Jen last year. I'm part of the Southeast Asia Business Development Team of Eight. We call ourselves the BD Super Team and I'm really happy to be part of this highly energetic team. I've been brought up as a Muslim and only in my early 20s did I start to appreciate the religion more. By that, I mean understanding Islamic philosophy and lifestyle in depth. Thank you so much. I'm very glad to have you all here. Um, So yeah, let's get started with our discussion today. So firstly, I just wanted to cover what is Ramadan. Um, So Armani, if you could take this. Yes, happy to take this question. Um, So... As an introduction, Ramadan is the name of the nine months in the Islamic calendar and is the only month that Muslims celebrate by fasting daily. So fasting in Ramadan is one of the primary duties of a Muslim known as the five pillars of Islam. This includes the belief in God, praying five times daily, zakat, which is the act of giving charity and also the pilgrimage to Mecca that every Muslim must attempt to perform at least once in their lifetime. Another point to highlight is that the first few verses of the Quran was revealed to our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, for the first time in Ramadan. And the first word revealed was Ikra, which is Arabic for read. It is due to this significance that Muslims devote their time to reading the Quran, to seek knowledge, reflect and ponder upon it. So Aisha can now share more about the practices Muslims generally undertake during Ramadan. Hi, um, yeah, so just to go through, maybe it'll be easy to go through the daily life of a Muslim in Ramadan. So what happens uh, on a daily basis is that we will first wake up really early in the morning, like before dawn, that, that's how early it is. 
um, to eat our morning meal before we start fasting. So I think in England, this would be much earlier. Uh, Adila, correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably at about 4 a.m. But thankfully, Amani and I are quite lucky in Singapore, it's uh, only at about 5 a.m. that we need to wake up. Um, and then, so between the time that we have our morning meal, which is also called sahur, and the time that we break fast in the evening, which is at sunset, um, what we will normally do is fulfill our other obligations. Uh, for example, we need to pray our daily prayers. Um, typically, I think Muslims also try to uh, remain connected to God in the day, uh, for example, by going through the mosque or reading the Quran. And then uh, when it comes to sunset, which is when we break fast, uh, that's when we normally gather with our families uh, or even with friends occasionally to break fast. Um, I think the most uh, special thing about Ramadan is the nightly prayers that is uh, afforded to Muslims within this month. So uh, these prayers are called Taraweh, and uh, we can only do these nightly prayers in the month of Ramadan. So um, typically Muslims will try to uh, take the opportunity to perform these nightly prayers as much as possible. Um, yeah, so there you have it. That's the typical daily life of a Muslim in Ramadan. But of course, um, as we are all working Muslims, we also need to fit all this in while we are doing our daily work at CC. Great. Thank you both so much. Yeah, that was really informative. And it's great to get an insight into, yeah, like you said, the kind of daily practices. And so sort of coming now to you guys more personally, um, I'd like each of you to describe the significance of Ramadan for you personally in three words, if, if that's possible in just three words. Uh, so coming first actually to you, Dila, what would your three words be? My three words would be family, duty, and tranquility. So family first, because Ramadan is such a special time. It is just before Eid, and I think it's when I think about my family the most. Um, it is also the time of the year that I make an effort to come back to make the trip home um, to see my family so that they don't miss me um, during Eid when, it's such, a, uh, when such celebrations um, have particular significance in our, whole, in, in our house. Um, the other thing was beauty. I think because, um, as Aisha mentioned, we, we do have our daily jobs. And, you know, in the UK, we will be fasting from, it used to be that we fast from about 3 or 4 a.m. all the way up to about 8 or 9 p.m. So we have a very limited time to break our fast, to do our special mm -hmm. prayers, and at the same time doing our jobs. Because, as you know, some of our hours can be very long. Um, but it is also the month where we challenge ourselves to be to manage um, our religious duty and our work and there's a, I think there's a lot of reward, uh, personal usual, personal sense of reward and satisfaction when you're able to do both. Um, and I think that's why Ramadan is also about tranquility where you try to be the best Muslim that you can be and mm. it, it is a very personal journey. Uh, but that's why I think to me Ramadan represents these three things they come together and they're one of the best months great thank you so much and Armani if I can choose three words it would be empathy patience and self-reflection so firstly restraining from eating and drinking that itself creates you know empathy with the 
satisfied of the hungry. Secondly, this definitely teaches me to be more patient. Psychologists agree that people who can control that their desire of hunger can control other desires. So this is really a personal challenge and a matter of willpower and self-discipline. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, self-reflection as we dedicate our time to be more self-aware in terms of our actions and dedication to prayer. Great, thank you. And finally, Aisha. Okay, I'm going to cheat a bit. My three words uh, is actually a phrase. So for me, the three words that would best describe Ramadan for me is renewal of faith. Um, I think I resonate very much with what Adila said about how, you know, in this month we, we try to fulfill our duty as a Muslim, but also balancing our, our you know, obligations, uh, such as our job, our family obligations. So I think um, for me, uh, in other parts of the year, that's not Ramadan, I, I tend to get a bit maybe lost in the day-to-day -day grind, you know, whatever day-to-day -day things that I'm caught up with, be it work or you know, whatever commitments I have. Um, so for Ramadan, I really, really try to take the time to uh, reassess and renew my faith um, and also try to uh, kind of gain that spiritual battery to try and last me for the rest of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it feels really nice. I think a lot of Muslims also do this. So there's this sense of solidarity when I see a Muslim just on the street or something, and it's Ramadan, and I know, oh, you know, we are both going through this thing together. So I think that's very, um, that's the, both our personal uh, aspect of Ramadan and why it's important, and also the kind of community uh, significance of Ramadan. Thanks, that's great. And it's interesting as well to hear the differences between your answers. I think it definitely shows how personal the journey is. And then actually, I wanted to follow up a bit on that as well. And so thinking a bit more, again, in the personal kind of aspect of it so yeah what is your routine on a typical day during Ramadan um, and how if at all or how if it's affected it very much um, has COVID restrictions in your country um, affected what you would do so Armani I'll turn my attention to a tradition um, that is practiced in Singapore so um, here we have a month-long Gelang Bazaar, which is usually held during Ramadan and it attracts large crowds to stores that offer a wide variety of food fair, festive clothing and household decorations as well as live auctions. Um, it's really amazing what you can find at this grand bazaar. For example, uh, Indonesian batik, Moroccan lamb, Persian inspired kaftan, Turkish carpet and all such sorts of wonderful food fair from Korean and Taiwanese-inspired street snacks, as well as fusion food. So um, this is the second year in a row that the annual event has been called off. However, like the area where the event is traditionally held has been light up with festive decorations still. So this is something that the community is really appreciative of. You know, we have to adapt to social distancing measures, but having this tradition still at play um, helps to lift the Ramadan mood and Ramadan spirit. I 1000% agree with that because 
the Ramadan Bazaar is something that I definitely will go to every year. I'll battle the heat, mm. I'll battle the crowd, and it's something that I go. The first thing, the first place I'll go when I get off the plane during Ramadan, pre-COVID mm-hmm. times when I didn't have to self-quarantine, is go to the Ramadan Bazaar because the food is amazing and you tend to meet a lot of people there because I feel like the whole of Singapore, regardless of race or religion, it's all there celebrating Ramadan and food and eat and everything. Um, it's one of, I think, it holds a very special place in my heart when it comes to thinking about food and home. But yeah, I, I 100% agree with Amani um, about the, its significance. Um, but personally for me, um, having done Ramadan, uh, having to do Ramadan in the UK, it's a bit of a race when it comes to Ramadan. I will break my fast sometime at maybe around 9 typically because we we do Ramadan in summer so it's very long. Uh, I'll bring my fast at 9. I'll try and go back to work very briefly, see what I can do in in half an hour between 10 to 10.30 and then I'll have to, um, it will be time for our fifth daily prayer which is Isha and then after that I will try and do my Tarawih. Tarawih is something that uh, Muslims will do during Ramadan. It's for all the the full 30 days where we'll be praying. Um, we'll, we'll do our prayers, an extended form of prayer. Um, it usually takes about half an hour um, to one hour, depending on how long we, we choose to do it. Um, but at the same time, I will have to be drinking a lot of water. Um, I was sharing this with a colleague the other day. My husband and I, we will both have two large bottles, like two little bottles of water, and we'll have to chug it down before 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. when it's cut-off time. And oh, wow. usually we will be so full with water by the time it, you know, we, we start fasting again uh, at about 3 a.m. and we can't sleep till about 5 because, you know, you, you're just up, like, you know, totally bloated, but I think psychological, like we have to drink so much water to last the day. Um, so Ramadan is a bit of a, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's a bit of a race when it comes to 9pm all day to 3am every day, but I think it's one of those things that actually make us really, makes, makes the month really special and one of the things that I think about, you know, when I reminisce about when it's not Ramadan, it's one of those things that I actually look with a lot of fun. Um, memories uh, in the rest of the year, but with COVID restrictions as well, it's. Um, I think the only difference is that we're not going to mosques to do our tarawih, which is quite mm. common in Singapore. Um, in the UK, uh, it depends. Um, some people prefer to do tarawih at home, um, but you know, Eid or Ramadan is very much a community thing. In the past, my husband and I we would actually go for this thing where my Uni had so LSU they had this thing where um, they would host uh, Ramadan in a tent where they get people, homeless people to break fast with us. So we were it's a it's a big tent somewhere in Holborn where LSU is, and they will have rows and rows of free food for the homeless people to eat alongside Muslims who are breaking their fast and people of other religions. Those are one of the things that I think one of the things that I do every year that's really special to me that we've not done the last two years. So I think um, that's one of the key differences um, with COVID that I experienced. I see. And I uh, I had no idea that they do that here in, in London, in Holborn. So, yeah, that's really interesting to learn. 
And actually staying with you, Adila, um, are there any special traditions that you and your colleagues at the firm carry out during Ramadan? I wouldn't say it's a tradition, but um, one of the things that we do during Ramadan is we raise funds. So one of the five pillars of Islam um, is to give zakat. And every year, it's globally, we will raise funds during Ramadan. It is actually pretty impressive what our Muslim colleagues do. Um, since the year that I've joined, we raised 30,000 pounds in the first year. Last two years, we raised 40,000 pounds. And last year, we raised over 50,000 pounds for charity. And it's something that I think we as a firm should be really, really proud of. That's great. Thanks so much, Adila. And actually, Aisha, if I could come to you next. Um, do you have any special Ramadan traditions that are unique to, say, you um, or your family and your friends? Yeah, sure. So um, I think this tradition is quite common in Singapore families. Uh, I wouldn't. Say, I think it's more cultural as opposed to um, religious. So normally, what happens with our neighbors during Ramadan is that we tend to um, give give each other some of the uh, food that we've prepared for our own uh, iftar, which is the breakfast meal, um, and then we share it with our neighbors. So then, uh, for example, if my neighbor gives me a plate of pasta um, on her own plate, it would be really rude for me to return her plate empty-handed. So the tradition goes that I'll then fill it up with something I prepared the next day for my own iftar, um, and then I'll pass it back to her. So this exchange of meals can go on for weeks throughout Ramadan until one person eventually decides to stop and give up. So that's when it'll stop. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that normally happens in Ramadan with my neighbors. But I think this year because of COVID, no one is really uh, passing food around. But hopefully after COVID, um, we, we can start doing that again because it's quite nice to have a variety of things to uh, eat during iftar. Great. And yeah, that endless chain of food, that sounds very good, very tasty. I think then just for our final question um, for today's discussion, what suggestions could you guys give to colleagues or the firm or other organizations to support those that are observing Ramadan? Um, so if first we go to the Singapore office, so Armani or Aisha? Yeah, Armani here, uh, happy to go first. So. Personally, I find that all the comms, both internal and external, revolving around Ramadan, have been extremely heartening, and I'm really proud to be in a firm that is progressing beyond religious and cultural acceptance to inclusion. So for me, I find that it's more personable when someone wishes me Ramadan Mubarak instead of have a blessed uh, Ramadan. It's a small thing, but it really speaks volume, and I'm sure Muslims would be delighted to receive this greeting, including from non-Muslim friends, colleagues, and um, other family members. What about you, Aisha? I guess from a, from a practicing lawyer's perspective, uh, many apologies in advance to my bosses and colleagues if I'm uncontactable <laughs> when I'm breaking my fast. <laughs> um, your email is noted, and I will come back to you as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, that's about it, I think, for me. Great, thank you. And Adila? Um, 
So very interestingly, just yesterday, I was on a call with inclusion and diversity in the London office, and they talked about putting together a Ramadan guideline for line managers and partners um, and what we wanted to include. So we put together a task force to think about um, what sort of guidelines we can give our colleagues in the London office in terms of um, how they can support Muslim, their Muslim colleagues um, observing Ramadan. Um, we talked about how uh, sometimes, <laughs> as Aisha mentioned, we could be uncontactable when we're breaking our fast or when we're performing our tarawih prayers, but we will try and come back online after that. Um, and I think just making line managers and partners aware that, okay, we're, we're just uncontactable for about half an hour or one hour sometime during the evening. Um, the other thing we talked about was how, because fasting in the UK is for very long hours, um, how sometimes in the day, most of our colleagues can get a little bit lethargic and tired, and um, sometimes we still need that lunch break to take a nap. Um, so these were some of the things that we were discussing. Um, and I think colleagues have been extremely supportive during this time, so that's really great. And people have been very um, inquisitive about our experience, which is really awesome. I remember um, two years ago when we were celebrating Ramadan in the office, we were giving out dates, we were telling colleagues about what Ramadan is for Muslim colleagues in the London office, and it was really cool. Um, just like how we celebrate um, the other religious holidays in the London office, so that's really awesome. Great. I'll definitely be taking those suggestions on board. And I think that's really useful for our listeners to hear as well. So thank you. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thanks so much to you all, Adila, Amani, and Aisha, for sharing your insights and personal experiences with us. It's been great to have this conversation and learn about Ramadan. And I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot too. You've been listening to Clifford Chance's Celebrating Culture podcast and the Ramadan episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and stay up to date on future episodes coming soon. If you would like to know more about our UK Reach Network and about Clifford Chance, please visit our website at www.cliffordchance.com.